Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Everyone, up from your seats. <laughs> now, let me ask you a question. For those of you who are watching, uh, do you recognize any of these people in the picture? Oh, yeah. The guy on the extreme end is known as Tony Robbins. And who's next to him? That other guy with a bright smile is known as Dave. And Dave is here with us. He's actually Tony Robbins firewalking captain. He was for almost 20 years. And we would like to know what was it working with Tony? And more than that, what is it that Dave does? He's going to share with us today. This is Now Tell Us. I'm your host, Anthony Morore. And I'm not going to take one more minute because we've got a lot to hear from Dave. So why not join me as we go together and meet Dave Albin. Here we go. Hello, Dave. Hi, Anthony. Yeah, welcome to Now Tell Us. All right. Well, um, it it that journey began uh, at a very young age for me. It uh, began at the at yeah. the age of um, about five years old. When I was born, Anthony, I was born in Hollywood, California, okay. and I was born I was born to a single mom, and she had two other boys, uh, a, a different father. And uh, we lived with uh, her and them and my grandmother in a one-bedroom apartment in Hollywood, California. Okay. And it was pretty. It was pretty clear, even though my mom was working really hard. She was a server at the at the at the Fremont uh, Hotel, famous hotel in Hollywood. Uh, she couldn't take care of us. And mm -hmm. so what she decided to do was she decided to put me up for adoption. Um, and that was and she put me up to a, a, a adoption and and her sister my aunt pat actually adopted me okay so now i didn't know any of this at five years old right i just grew up with bob and pat albin uh because that they were my parents i didn't know any different right and mm -hmm. so when i was 11 years old what happened was is they set me down one day and they said david uh we've got something to tell you well what we want to tell you is we're not your parents. Mm -hmm. So that was at 11 years old. Mm -hmm. So they proceeded to tell me that I was adopted, that they were my aunt and uncle, and that my aunt Dean was actually my biological mother. Mm -hmm. And I remember, and I remember thinking, wow, I don't even really like her. She's weird. Right. <laughs> and, and, and the, and the reason I said that is because she was always touching me. Well, I wonder why I was her son. Mm -hmm. But I didn't know that at the time, right? I just know that she was very affectionate, if you will, right? Mm -hmm. She always wanted to sit next to me and hold me and touch me and so on. And now I understand why. Okay. So short. So shortly after they told me this, um, both Bob and Pat started drinking. Bob started drinking more heavily than Pat. Mm. And uh, that's when everything changed. Uh, you know, my life kind of took another, a turn there. Mm -hmm. And... 
not too long after they did this, I'm looking, I don't know what alcohol is. I'm 11 years old. Mm-hmm. And, and yet I see them drinking, especially Bob. And he would turn into this, you know, horrible guy when mm-hmm. he was drinking. Right. And mm-hmm. so I wanted to, I wanted to know what it was. And so one day when they were gone, I went into the cabinet. I grabbed a bottle of it. It was brandy. I poured mm-hmm. it in a glass. I drank it. And it, it, I, I was never right since. I believe that I was literally an alcoholic the very first time I drank when I was 11 years old. Mm-hmm. Because I, I, it was like pouring rocket fuel in me, Anthony. It was, mm-hmm. it was intense. And I wanted more of it. And I chased it uh, in addition to hard drugs for the next several years of my life. Mm. So, you know, uh, when you're doing drugs and you're drinking, you don't do well in school. I got kicked out of high school. Um, I had a lot of people that I hung around that I probably shouldn't have hung around. But um, I caught a break. Um, I, I'm just going to move this forward. In June, on June 8th of 1988, mm-hmm. I woke up that morning and I knew something had to change. Okay. I, couldn't, I could not live with the excruciating emotional and physical pain that I'd been living with. Mm-hmm. And, and so my first idea was to put a bullet in my head. Mm. I loaded the pistol. I put the, I put the pistol in my mouth and I was married to a woman who had three kids at the time. And I, and I thought, you know what, if you do this here in the basement, these kids could see this. They're going to have to live with this. Mm. You know, they say when you commit suicide, the ones that die along with you or your friends and family. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of truth to that. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I took the pistol out of my mouth. I struggled with that for quite a while. And then I ended up calling an organization by the, by the, by the name of Alcoholics Anonymous. Yeah. Famous. Right. Very famous. Very well known. Helped mm-hmm. a lot of people. Well, it helped me too. Mm-hmm. I went to, I went to four meetings that first day. I went to a 1230, a 430, a 630 and an 830. Okay. And it stuck. And it stuck. I, I, I've never taken a drink since that first meeting because Whoa. that one meet that one meeting turned into a week. It turned into a month. And, and when I, when I got to, to the month, they gave me a chip. Right. Mm. And, and then I got one at two months, three months, six months, nine months, and then one year. Mm-hmm. And, um, this June on June 8th of this year, I'll have 35 years of sobriety. Hey, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I, seriously. I, I do appreciate that. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and when I got to AA, that kind of opened me up to the personal development industry. Okay. In fact, I had insomnia. I couldn't, I, you know, my sleep patterns were really messed up mm-hmm. and I was up late all the time. Well, one night I'm up late and I'm watching an infomercial and this is back in, you know, the, the mid, uh, late 19, uh, the 80, uh, the eighties. This is around 1988, 89. I was in primary school. <laughs> you were in primary school. Well, yeah. T- Tony Robbins at that time was the infomercial king. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was selling a program. It was called Personal Power. Okay. Uh, it was a 30-day program. And you would buy it over, you know, the, you'd buy it through the 800 number. Mm. And uh, it came on little white things called cassette tapes. Cassette tapes, yeah. And you put in the Walkman and then you put yeah, the you put it Right, yeah, you sure do. You put it in the Walkman and you're good to go. Yeah. So um, he sent me the program. I plugged it in. I, I went through the program and I did what the man taught me to do. And, and it worked. 
Mm-hmm. So now I'm so now I'm really interested in the personal development industry, right? I'm over here. I'm going to AA. I'm changing my life. I'm 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 learning a lot of things how the mind works and what you can do and what you can accomplish and all these kinds of things. And I actually loaned my program to a buddy of mine. Okay. Well, so he went through it. Basically, had the same reaction. He started making changes. He was he was a butcher. Uh, he opened up another store. I mean, he, you know, he got really motivated, really excited. So the tapes worked for him too. Mm-hmm. Well, where it takes a really interesting turn is seven years later, Dan calls me over the phone and tells me that Tony's coming to our area in Washington D.C. and he wants to go see him and he wants me to go with him. Mm. Well, I jumped on it. He said, "Great, I'll call you right back. I'll go make the arrangements. I'll call you back." So he calls me back like an hour later and he goes, done. We pick up the tickets at will call. Here's what they told us to do. How much are they back then? Just curious. What was it? The the tickets. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was $700. Each each ticket. Each ticket. Oh. In fact, fact, you know, he goes, look, here's what they told us to do. Mm -hmm. He said, um, you know, bring snacks, hydrate, drink a lot of water, bring water with you. Be prepared to spend a lot of time in the room. Have a good Mm -hmm. attitude. Have a good attitude. And he said, and be ready to play full out. Mm. And I said, Dan, how much was the ticket? He said $700. And I said, don't you worry. I'll play full out. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's the day of the event. We get there. We get checked in. We get in our seats. And Tony takes the stage at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Okay. The next thing I know, it's after midnight. We've been in a room with Tony Robbins for 10 hours. Mm. Now, let me back up. When Dan called me back to tell me, you know, he had took care of everything, just before he hung up the phone, he, he came back to me and he said, oh, hey, before you get off the phone, I need to tell you something about the event. Mm-hmm. And I went, what? He goes, we're going to be doing a fire walk. What's and a fire went, walk? A, a what? <laughs> a fire walk. Yeah, yeah. okay. Now, I'm here's what I'm thinking. I'm going, nope. Oh, no. Hell no. Nope, we're not doing that. I'm uh, not doing that. But I'm not telling that to Dan. Yeah. I just kind of said, yeah, Thank sure, Dan. Sounds you. great. Yeah, right? yeah. I, I'm not. I'm not doing that. I get it. I see you. <laughs> right. So, uh, you know, again, you, you get to the event. Uh, you get checked in. Tony took the stage. Two o'clock. Next thing I know, it's after midnight, and all of a sudden, Tony says, "Take off your shoes." Mm. And I'm like, "Oh, whoa, whoa, wait a minute! I'm not doing this. I'll I'll go watch, <laughs> but I'm not gonna walk. I'm not gonna do that." So I'm struggling with the whole "take your shoes off" part. Okay. Why do I want to take my shoes off if I'm not going to walk? And then it <laughs> dawns on me. Well, wait a minute. Everybody else has taken their shoes off. Right? So if you get out there and you've got your shoes on, they're going to know you're not walking. Yeah. And I was like, I, you know, I, I didn't want that. I was like, no. You're going to play full. full. <laughs> right. Gonna yeah. Play, play full out. Full out. So, play full out. So, yeah. So I did. Mm-hmm. So I take my shoes off. Well, as he's got you exiting the building, getting ready to take you out into this big parking lot. By the okay. way, there were thirty, there were thirty five hundred people at this event. Yeah. So it's quite a crowd. And so, when he's got you going out outside to the parking lot where the firewalk is, he he gets you to start chanting. Mm. Right. So you're 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 walking along, going yes, yes, and you're clapping your hands, and thirty five hundred people are chanting. So mm. it's pretty intense, right? Well, as soon as you get outside, he kicks it up a notch. He's got African drummers. Mm. And so, and they're killing it, right? It's like, dun, 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 right? So the intensity is unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Well, over in the corner of the parking lot, 
there's a giant fire. Okay. This, this fire is huge, and it's been burning all day. And so what they would do is they'd add all this wood all day long, and now it's midnight, and the fire burns down, and it renders, and now mm. it's got the biggest, beautiful uh, mound of coals that you've ever seen in your life. Mm-hmm. Well, how you walk 3,500 people is they would take those coals, Anthony, they'd load them into wheelbarrows. They take a wheelbarrow and they bring it to a location. And then there was two lanes of sod of grass on okay. each side of it, about mm-hmm. three feet wide, uh, somewhere between 15 to 18 feet long. And what they would do, they'd take a shovel and they'd shovel the coals out on that grass. And that's what you physically walked on. Mm. Well, you know, as I said earlier, I'm not walking. So what's my strategy? Well, I'll just go hide in the back. Okay. Right. Well, who's because who's going to know? Nobody's going to know. Nobody's going to know. Nobody's going to know. <laughs> well, except for me. Yeah. <laughs> right. Which mm-hmm. is an interesting distinction in itself. Um, well, you know, you may think that's a good idea, but it's not. Why? Why? Well, because Tony's people know where all the cowards are. <laughs> right because anybody that's not going to walk goes to the back and gets away yeah. from it right yeah 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 so so tony teaches people to go to go get us come get you go get those people because they want he wants you to experience that he doesn't want you to miss that mm-hmm. he knows it could be one of the most life-changing experiences of your life so he's in, he's fully vested right so sure enough here comes this guy and he makes eye contact with me so i think tony trains them that listen once you make eye contact with somebody don't take your eyes off of him and this guy's not taking his eyes off me and he's walking straight at me mm. he gets 25 to 30 feet away from me and he kind of bends over and he kind of leans into me you know very cautiously because i must have looked kind of funny you know the look on my face yeah. and he says hey he goes hey um are you okay and of course when we're not okay what do we say we are okay i'm fine I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine. all good here, man. We're all good. No worries. <laughs> they say that's and, the biggest uh, lie that people tell. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I, I'm right? okay. I'm not fine. okay. Mm-hmm. No, I'm good. Yeah, all good here. And so he goes, um, oh, good. He said, uh, so are you going to walk tonight? And I kind of leaned into him. And I said, absolutely not. <laughs> with, with a real hard tone, right? Yeah. Tonality. And he said, he said, hey, man, that's cool. He said, no problem. We don't want you to do anything you don't want to do. And I remember thinking, wow, okay, I like this guy. He's going to get me out of here. And then this stranger, this man, to this day, Anthony, I do not know who it was. I don't know who it is. I've yeah. never met him other than that one time. I'd, I'd love to see him today. I'd like to thank him for getting me across the calls. But he <laughs> said to me, he said, well, um, and again, one question can change your life. And he said, well, wouldn't you at least like to watch? And I said, yeah, actually, I'm thinking, yeah, I would. I'd like to go watch these idiots burn their feet off, right? And so uh, he said, well, look, you know, you're, you're 100 yards away. You can't see anything. I had 3,500 people standing in front of me. I couldn't mm. see any of that. All I could see was the big fire over here in the corner. Mm. And he said, well, just get in line, and eventually you'll get up close enough where you'll be able to see it. <laughs> right he's telling the truth yeah you know, in in the guy's defense because he's right i couldn't see anything i did have to get in line if i wanted to see it mm-hmm. so i get in line and so i'm kind of moving along moving along moving along and the next thing i know this guy comes up and he whispers in my ear and he says he knows when you're ready 
when he says go, you go. <laughs> I'm thinking, well, pal, you must have not got the memo because I'm not doing this. I'm just in line to watch. And, and, and you know, as quickly as he was there and said that, he was, he was gone that quick. Mm-hmm. And so all of the next thing I know, I still can't see in front of me, but I get to an angle. Mm-hmm. And I can see down here. And, and, and they're doing it, Anthony. Right? They're walking on fire. Mm-hmm. And it's every race, creed, color, size of people, everything. And I'm like, and my brain's got no references. So I have no idea what's really going on here. And I'm just blown away that people are actually doing this. Mm. And so I'm just like, now I'm mesmerized and I'm just like in a trance and I'm staring and watching these people um, firewalk. Well, I'm kind of moving along in the line too, right? I'm not really paying any attention to that. And Mm -hmm. all of a sudden I turn and I'm in the front of the line, right? And I'm like, oh God. And I'm looking down. I'm staring down at this lane of sod, and the coals are on there, and they're glowing bright red. And there's a wheelbarrow there full of coals, right, that they're loading it from. And so you can feel the heat coming off, and and my heart is pounding out of my chest. I am scared to death, and I'm staring into the abyss. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a, there's a trainer standing there, and all of a sudden the trainer goes, eyes up. And I'm like, oh, shoot, yeah, okay. I bring my eyes up, right? Well, when you're in the room with Tony for 10 hours, guess what he teaches you? Keep your eyes up. I'm a slow learner, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> right? Because he yeah, wants yeah. you to stare. He wants you to look to your future. Don't stare at what you fear. Look beyond it. Mm, that's a good one. Don't look here. Look there. And yeah, exactly. Don't look here. Look look, look to your future. Mm-hmm. That's where the reward is. And um, all of a sudden, the trainer goes, Squeeze your fist and say yes. And I went, yes. And he went, stronger. And I went, yes. And and then he and, and he could tell that I wasn't playing full out. And he screamed at me. Mm-hmm. And he went, yeah. You, you know, he said, stronger. And I threw my hands in the air and I screamed. I'm kind of ticked off now, right? Because he screamed at me. And yeah. so I'm like, yes. And he goes, go, go, go. And I took off. Well, here's the first thing I learned about firewalking. And it's metaphorically a lot like life. Okay. And that is, if you take the first step, oh, you'll take the second, third, fourth, and fifth. I absolutely <laughs> guarantee you, you will not stop on those coals. You will keep walking. Well, <laughs> Tony puts two people at the end of the lane to stop you. They kind okay. of lock arms, right? And they mm-hmm. stop you and they're like, stop, wipe your feet and celebrate. And so now I'm kind of wiping my feet and celebrating. And all of a sudden I realize I have burnt my feet really, really bad, mm. really bad. Right. Oh. And all of a sudden I look, I put my foot up and I'm looking at it and I'm going, it's dirty, but there's no burns. Oh, it's my other foot. I lift it up. I'm looking at it. I'm touching it. It's dirty, but there's no burns. And so now I'm looking back and the coals are glowing bright red and there's people coming and all these people have already walked. And I'm going, I just walked on coals that were a thousand degrees and I didn't burn myself. And I know I have no idea how I did it, Mm. but here's what I want to share with your audience. It was one of the most exhilarating moments of my life. Bar none. Mm. It was so exciting. I had every chemical in my body was being released. Well, here's where it gets interesting for me. Was the was the next day. 
So I come in the next day. We're all in the foyer, 3,500 people getting ready to go into the venue. And I had never seen or witnessed anything like it in my life. I'd never seen people get along so well that didn't know each other. Yeah. I mean, I was watching really carefully. And mm -hmm. people were laughing. They were crying. They were hugging. They were sharing their stories. They were embracing. I mean, you could feel the energy of the connectivity on a humanistic level, unlike anything I had ever experienced in my life. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what in the hell happened? What, is this because of the firewalk last night? Is that what did this? And the answer is absolutely. Mm -hmm. And that's what firewalking does. Let's 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 be uh, you know let's let the audience know. Firewalking has been around hundreds of years. Okay. Tony Robbins just learned how to do it many many years ago, and he and he saw it as a really good way on a four day event on day one to get people to understand that they're more powerful than they probably give themselves credit for. Mm. And if you can walk on fire, that's a thousand degrees. What else can you do? Right. So, his, so he knew that this life changing experience would set up the rest of the weekend. And he okay. was hundred percent right. So I was hooked. Well, what I found out was Tony uses about 300 volunteers for his events. And so about 60 to 70 of those 300 volunteers work specifically on the fire building team. Mm -hmm. So I became a volunteer. I, I got accepted. Back in those days, you had to do it through snail mail. Yeah. <laughs> right? it was just, this yeah. is back in 95. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh -huh. So um, next thing I know, there I am. Well, I had a military and a security background. And my uh, military uh, family, my, my, my dad was military. So I got invited to help with some of Tony's celebrities. Okay. And then I also got put on the fire building team. Well, the next thing I know from that was uh, I got offered a subcontractor's position. So instead of being a, a volunteer and having to out of pocket myself for every event, they okay. actually paid me as a subcontractor to come work. Mm. Well, it got here's where it got really cool. In 2003, uh, Tony offered me the fire captain's position. That means that I would be in charge of all the firewalks globally and mm -hmm. internationally wow. uh, and, and domestically. So um, there was a little bit of conversation about that because I homeschooled my kids and, and, and Tony ended up paying for my kids and my wife and my family to mm. travel with me. Now that picture that you showed in the beginning is was the day after London. There you go, 2005. We set a world record. Okay. We firewalked. We firewalked 12,300 people. Now let me mm. be clear about something. Guinness Book was not there with us. Okay. But when I say it's a world record, the, to my knowledge, no one in the world has ever walked anywhere close to that maybe a couple of hundred people but mm. not twelve thousand so mm -hmm. to the best of my knowledge that is a that's a standing world record um and then uh you know i went along for years and, and you can't even imagine the amount of celebrities professional athletes olympians actors entertainers rock stars producers directors ceos and everybody else in between. My my kids that you saw in that picture there, the mm -hmm. first time they firewalked, my daughter was six, 
Okay. My son was nine. So in 2014, um, we got contacted by Google. And ah. Google wanted to hire us to come do an event for them in Mountain View at their corporate headquarters. And um, I ended up doing two events for Google. Now, okay. we actually we actually did a glass walk. And the reason we did a glass walk is because they had a graduation uh, that they were going through. These executives were going through. They had been in, a, I think, an eight-month or nine-month program. And mm -hmm. so it was graduation. They were going to have a really nice lunch. They were going to have some beers and cocktails afterward. And so the fire, I only do firewalks at night. I don't do them during the day for a safe, because it's a safety issue. Okay. Um, so we did the glass walk experience. And this is where we teach the participants to walk on broken glass. Mm, so that's, that's what we did with Google. What's that? That's another interesting thing. Walking on broken gla glass, I wouldn't try. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it is interesting. And it's pretty spooky, yeah. right? Because we've all been cut. So we know what that feels like, right? Yeah. Um, so we did that. And that's when the light bulb went off. Mm. I realized that there was an incredible market in corporate America for for life changing, paradigm shifting experiences. Okay. You know, most CEOs and business owners out there today have a very daunting task, especially now, mm. because over the last couple of years, their companies got ripped apart. Uh, the political system ripped them apart. The Democrats, the Republicans, the mask wearers, the non-mask wearers, the vaccines, the non-vaccines. And so everybody's at arms at each other. Everybody wants to run everybody else's life. Mm -hmm. And so when you create that kind of dissension in a company, guess what that does? It affects production. Mm -hmm. So it's costing CEOs, you know, millions, maybe billions of dollars in production because two people aren't getting along because one wants to give the other one grief because why they wore a mask or why they didn't wear a mask yeah, or why yeah. they got a vaccine or why they didn't get a vaccine. Yeah. So so when a company comes to me, I look I, I look them in the eye and go, well, look, I can fix that. The fire will fix that because it goes back to that second day at the seminar. I know mm -hmm. what three thirty five hundred people standing in that you're getting ready to go into the arena i know what that looks like because they were united humanistically unlike anything i'd ever experienced right so i yeah. know what will happen after we get them across the fire so i didn't really know that back in 2014 i just knew that there was a heck of a market for these paradigm shift life-changing experiences okay. because most companies have team building um, or they have get-togethers, right? They launch a new product, yeah, or maybe yeah, they yeah. want to make some kind of an announcement, or they uh -huh. just want to have a get-together every year. They take everybody, bring them together. You know, sometimes they do fun excursions, right? They go golfing, they go to Disneyland, whatever. Um, however, if they really want to bring people together and create a mm -hmm. powerful culture, then they're going to have to create a, a really powerful team-building experience. You've got to get them up to do something. Because yeah. what doesn't challenge you doesn't change you. Mm, so that's where these were. Yeah. And that's where these experiences come in. Mm. And so it's been a wonderful ride. Yeah. Uh, you know, I get to go, I get to go hang out with really cool companies and people and they, they turn them over to me, the CEO trust. And that's what he, that's what he or she's got to do. You've got to trust. Mm -hmm. um, but if you start studying firewalking, you look you look around globally at how long it's been around, right? It's been around for hundreds of years. 
Okay. Uh, the Fahitians, the Polynesians, the Hawaiians, the people of India. Oh my gosh, you ought to go look at some of their firewalking. Mm. On my on my website and on my Facebook page at firewalkadventures.com, um, I've got a picture there that is one of my most favorite firewalking pictures. And it's of a it's of a, a, a mother. She mm-hmm. looks like she's probably in her early 20s. And what they did there, they dig a pit. Yeah. Right. And 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 it's probably 20 feet, no, maybe 15 feet wide. And it's probably 30 feet long, but they, but the coals are about two to three inches thick in mm-hmm. the bottom of that pit. Yeah. Now the mother is wearing these beautiful garments, mm-hmm. silks, silk garment, you know, they're, they're pastel colors. They're beautiful greens and blues and reds and oranges and mm-hmm. yellows. They're just absolutely stunning, the colors. Mm-hmm. And they wrap their bodies in these silk garments. And then around the pit, you can see all the people that have come to this ceremony. They're wearing this similar garments, right? And I'm guessing it's friends and family. Well, but here's what's really interesting about this mm-hmm. is that she's carrying three newborns. And these newborns look like they're a day, two days old. And she's in the pit. And she can't get out. Yeah. There's no way for her to jump out. And if she drops one of those babies, they'll die. Mm-hmm. unquestionably mm-hmm. and so you know so what is that it's a ceremony it's a very spiritual event for them it's a rite of passage is really what it comes down to be okay um so that so again i and again the native american indians here in america they fire walk the polynesians again the hawaiians they do fire dancing they do fire walking they do they twirl fire they you know and i mean they do um, they knew some beautiful things uh, with fire. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so because it's such an element that we need and have to have, like water and so on, right, um, it's, there's something magical about the fire. Think mm-hmm. about it, right? Who hasn't ever sat around with friends and family with a nice fire and you just stare into it, right? Everybody so this idea of walking on, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful experience. And literally, uh, I can say without any reservation. It is literally one of, it, for most people, it's one of the top 10 experiences of their life. Wow. Uh, not quite sure that I would do it, but maybe if I come across you, I may be forced to. <laughs> I don't know. Well, no. here's the interesting. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Well, the question I would, the question I would pose to you, Anthony, is why? What's the worst why? that can happen? Burn uh, your feet would, off and die? I, yeah, I would burn my feet. <laughs> Well, here's you'll like this part. Yeah, you'll like this part. Ninety mm-hmm. percent um, of the people that walk with me, they don't get any burns. And if you do get a burn, you get you get what I call call the kiss of honor. You get a little tiny blister on your foot. So okay. what? You know, think about life metaphorically. Yeah. How how rough is life? It beats you up pretty bad. It, it and out. again, you're doing something that you fear. And anytime you break through a fear. Yeah. Uh, and you learn to overcome fear so that it doesn't become your jailer. So that mm. it doesn't limit you in the, in an extraordinary life because it all comes down to fear. Yeah. Fear of success, fear of failure, fear of a relationship, fear of getting married, fear of having kids, fear of starting a business, fear, 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 fear. It's all so fear. the firewalk gives you the gift to unlock 
how to deal with fear. Yes, fear is good. It keeps you alive. But at the same time, fear is a liar. Fear will take a lot away from you. So that's the beauty of what the firewalk, what that gift inside that firewalk gives you. Wow. Oh, wow. Thank you very much for everything that you are sharing with us here. Now, I like your energy because we start uh, the episode and you come in. Now, that's something that you had inherited from Tony Robbins. And I'm just curious. This episode, <laughs> this episode has been clean all through. How come you didn't inherit that part of the, the words, the words, so, the top okay. words, the top words? Oh, you're losing me. Uh, okay, say again. What, what? Yeah, I'm saying. No, I, I can hear you. You were asking yeah, me. I see you inherited the, the energy of Tony Robbins. Just do it. Let's do it. Go, go. Um, but I thank you very much. The episode was clean. It was clean. How did you not inherit that part? <laughs> I, I'll, I'll take luck over skill any day. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, you know, it's... Um, I, I, I believe that, you know, I learned something in AA early on, Anthony, okay. and that was, um, right, it, it, it has the 12 steps to help you put your life together. It has the 12 traditions that helps you with your life and the group as a whole. And then yeah. in the middle, there's called a preamble. And in the preamble, it says, when anyone anywhere reaches out, I want the hand of AA to be there. And for that, I'm responsible. And so here's something I learned selfishly a long, long time ago. Okay. You help enough people get what they want in life, you'll always get what you want. Oh. And so when I came on your program today, you know, uh, I know you've got a great audience and and I'm here and I'm hoping that if I could share one thing that helps enhance or encourages them or, you know, brings a little bit of of encouragement again to their life, um, then it's all worth it for me to be here. Yeah, it's been worthy having you here. And actually, our time is like over. Maybe we should bring you back on some other day because uh, our time uh, is up. Of course. Yeah. So, but yeah, you, understood. Uh, sure. We are glad meeting you and we love what you're doing. And uh, uh, if people want to connect with you, you mentioned uh, your website uh, earlier on. That is firewalkadventures.com. They can always go there, I believe. Yes. And by the way, if anybody out there um, um, uh, wants, I have a, I have what's called the Dave Albin Firewalk Academy, and this is where you come to my academy and I teach you how to do all these things. Mm-hmm. So thirty years, thirty years in the personal development industry, tw- almost twenty years with Tony Robbins, T. Harvecker, and all these other companies that I've done business with. So you come to my academy. It's five days. I train you how to create these life-changing experiences, and then you go back to your respective business. So if you're a business owner, an entrepreneur, or a company wants to send somebody through their HR department, whatever, you can come to my academy, and that information is uh, on my website, which is, as you said, www.firewalkadventures.com. So thanks for that. That's cool, and we've been honored to have you on our episode. So our episode is over, but before you go, we'd like you to leave us with a few words, one or two sentences that we should always remember. Which are they? Um, your life is a story. Everything that happens to you in your life, whether it's good or bad, you create a story about it. And the, and the most important thing about that story is you have your you have your finger on the on and off switch 
You also have your hand on the knob, the volume, to turn it up and turn it down. So my, my encouragement to you is to create a good story. Because if you literally want to change your life, change your story. Um, can it be that simple? Yes, it can. Now, that can go along with disciplines and rituals and consistency and things of this nature. But I've learned straight up. I read a great book years ago. I encourage everybody to read it. It's called Man's Search for Meaning. Mm. Victor Frankl. Mm -hmm. Right. Victor. Victor was uh, a survivor of the Holocaust and he captured it and he wrote it in his book. And so um, the, the proof is there. The evidence is there. So um, help people be a good person and uh, create a create a great story because you are the architect and uh, of your life. And I would encourage you to create a masterpiece. So mm -hmm. thanks for tuning in, man. Thanks again, Anthony, for having me. Thanks to Dave for being here and sharing everything that you shared with us. We really appreciate your time. My pleasure. Yeah, so that's about it here today at Now Tell Us. I've been your host. And together with our guest today, Dave Albin, we are saying bye for now. See you next time. Keep walking.